Welcome to episode 255 of On The Schmooze. Let's do this. Welcome to On The Schmooze, the podcast that highlights talented people from different fields, explores how they built strong networks, and overcame challenges on their way to becoming successful leaders. Now here's your host, Robbie Samuels. Unless you're living under a rock, and I hope not because that sounds painful, you've heard that I have a new book out this fall. Small list, big results, launch a successful offer, no matter the size of your email list. You may even be one of the nearly 400 people who signed up for my book launch team. Yes, you heard that right. Nearly 400 people committed to writing an honest Amazon review ahead of my book's launch date. My first book had 338 launch team members, and as a result, the book received 150 Amazon reviews worldwide within the first week after the launch date. It's my hope to repeat the same results with this book with the support of my launch team. A member described my launch team as a tour de force. Herding cats, uh, I mean launch team members, isn't easy and does require quite a bit of planning and attention to detail. If you're curious about that, you want to join my launch team because then you'll be invited to the launch team debrief meeting where we'll reveal what we did, how we did it, and what we do differently next time. But, but first, you may be wondering how I attracted such a large group of supporters. I didn't keep my book a secret. In August, when the manuscript was almost but not actually finished, I started to workshop the title on various Facebook groups. In September, I did the same thing with the book cover design options. I mentioned in an earlier episode how this led to a much better title and design because I was co-creating the end product. Well, this process also created some buzz around my book, and people started asking how they can get a copy. And that's when I would share the launch team landing page link. I also followed the best practices in the book to identify people in my network I believe would be keenly interested and reached out to them directly to invite them to join the launch team. One of the lovely side effects was I asked people, why do you want to be on this book launch team? And I received many lovely comments just at the point in the launch when I needed to hear them. Here's a sampling of the good vibes I've been appreciating. Above all, I've always admired Robbie for his steadfast commitment and perseverance, and I'm also looking for new ways to expand my own network. To support Robbie after all the efforts he's made to support others. I'm inspired by how you do things, so I want to help you out while learning from you and your process. Love your content. You always over-deliver value. I enjoy your writing via email, and I'm interested in what you've written in book form. Because Robbie always pays it forward, so I want to do the same for him. And lastly... Your content is consistently timely and timeless, a rare combination that I'm happy to promote. Your challenge this week. This book officially launches on Sunday, October 31st. If you want to get your hands on it early and join us for the debrief meeting, sign up for my book launch team at robbysamuels.com forward slash book launch. This book's going to show you how to stop struggling to find an audience for your offers discover likely prospects in your network who already know, like, and trust you, co-create an irresistible offer, and turn that offer into a profitable new revenue stream. Here are some of the reasons you may want to support me and the success of this book. One, 
you've appreciated and perhaps benefited from my show up and add value philosophy. Two, you are excited about the topic and plan to try out these strategies in your business. Or three, you are looking forward to seeing the behind the scenes of a strategic book launch. Sign up for the book launch at robbysamuels.com forward slash book launch. And either way, make sure to join us for the virtual book launch party on November 2nd. Details at robbysamuels.com forward slash launch party. Thank you for helping me get this book out into the world. Now onto this week's interview. Today's guest has launched a children's brand that inspires young minds. She has over 25 years in marketing and branding, including FMAM radio broadcasting and as the host of the Business Experience Show. She's a speaker, songwriter, and award-winning author of the book series, Unicorn Jazz. She's written a total of 17 books. After interviewing 13 notable entrepreneurs on what makes for a meaningful, happy, and prosperous life, she was inspired to launch her own multimedia brand, starting with a book about a shy unicorn. The book series offers social-emotional learning components, empathy, kindness, love, belonging, believing others' feelings, and more. When the pandemic began, she knew she had to do something outside the box to continue creating and developing her characters for children. She launched Unicorn Jazz Presents, The Thing I Do, which is available on Amazon TV Prime. What's really neat is kids can send in their own video content, music, and talent to be part of the show. Her work has been featured in Forbes, ABC, CBS, and USA Today. Please join me in welcoming Lisa Caprelli. Thank you so much for having me, Robbie, on your wonderful show, sharing great work for the goodness of others. I'm so excited to be on it. Awesome. Lisa, thanks for joining us from your home in Huntington Beach, California. Uh, As you know, this is a show about building strong networks and that the context is leadership. So tell me, How do you define leadership and when did you realize you had the skills to lead? Yes, um, I would define leadership as helping others to create and do more with their innate ability. And sometimes people don't recognize that. And as a child, I definitely did not know I was a leader. Like you said, I grew up shy, like my character, Unicorn Jazz. And so if you think of someone being shy, could they lead, you know, And, and never did I think that. But I often say, what are you doing if you're not talking, if you're just you're observing the world? And so I did grow up observing the world. It's the reason why my passion and my degrees in social psychology, studying human behavior, being curious about the world around you, being curious as to what makes people happy, sad, glad, all these things. And and emotions drive us. Emotions will drive you in the workplace. Emotions will drive you in your own personal relationships and so for me, what, do, what are many things we all seek? You know, some of the main things I will say in life, um, happiness, love, belonging, all these things. And when you ha- are empowered with that, no matter where you are in your life, you're going to want to do more, be more, give more, express more. And uh, that's so that's that um, share for you. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I really like this piece that you first, when you first were saying the definition that everyone has like innate uh, talents and innate abilities, innate strengths, and that the leader is the one who's able to coax those out and and help people create with those innate talents yeah. and skills and strengths. Yeah, because so. we, by building a team, by building what I've done with Unicorn Jazz and my book series, and of course I have an artist, 
I have a kid's show now on Amazon TV and growing the show on apps called Unicorn Jazz Presents the Thing I Do, um, which has been described as like a modern day Sesame Street that I created since the pandemic. And I needed to rely on other leaders. Let's be the leaders of happiness to share great content that is ultimately for kids, happiness, and the adults who watch it. And uh, so it's, it's identifying that. And, and the reason in my book, The Thing I Do, which is the name of the show and the song title, it's, it's about the thing you do, that if, if at an early age you could be inspired to um, enjoy what, what it is. I mean, you, if you think of it, our hobbies will drive us. It doesn't mean our hobbies are going to make us money. And I find often with children and adults that at an early age, they're wired to develop careers that do something that's going to make you a lot of money and then you're going to be set for life. We know that's not true. When, when I created and, and my book, Skip a Step, Imparting Wisdom for Young Entrepreneur Minds, I went on a two and a half year journey and quest asking, researching notable entrepreneurs and leaders. Um, I've worked with over 150 um, by, by then and um, I wanted to know, like, were they happy? They had all this stuff, all this money, cars, houses, and including my entrepreneurial journey. And does it mean they're happy, right? So what makes for happiness was my curiosity because I wanted, I wanted to then impart wisdom to the younger generation in a way it was kind of like maybe visiting my childhood. What do I wish I had that I could have taken shortcuts to skip a step, skip many steps, taking the wisdom and nuggets from other leaders because we are, ourselves cannot know it all. We should be lifelong learners of information, not just in grade school, not, not just in high school, not just in college, but throughout life. And that's why we have great, we have great podcasts and platforms like you offer that we can learn from other people. I love this title, Skip a Step. Uh, it really does like illustrate what's possible when you seek out information from others. You mentioned a moment ago, uh, that you were a shy kid. I- I'm actually really curious, kind of like who-, who you were and what you were like as a kid and whether, you know, were there entrepreneurs in your life? Were there leaders you looked up to? Did people see leadership potential in you that maybe you didn't see? Yes. Um, it's so important to believe in others. And so growing up as a child, I felt one of the few people that did believe in me besides my teachers Whereas my grandmother, I mean, you know, my grandmother um, only had a third grade education. She was forced to drop out of school because her mom died at a young age. And and coming from a Hispanic family back then, you do everything for your family. Um, And that's what she did. I grew up in El Paso, Texas, a border town. We're right across as far as Mexico, a third world country. So we did grow up really poor. My, My mother was a single mom raising five children. And uh, so I, I often felt like the odds were against me as a child. Like there's no, you know, like to, I had no entrepreneur um, business minded person in my entire family or, or network of friends. Um, I wish I could have been exposed to some of these steps when I was a young age to identify that I'm probably meant to be an entrepreneur and inspire other people. No clue did I have. Um, and so it really was this somehow this inner quest that helped me and and you said people believe it in you my first grade teacher I didn't go to kinder I went to first grade at the beginning of the school year I remember getting and for needs improvement and and um you know people like were questioning like are you smart and and it was just I wasn't taught the way that Lisa needs to learn right there's different learning styles and but I did improve and I remember by the end of the year she gave me, you know, most improved and I just saw how much love she gave me and my life changed. 
Wow. I mean, that's a cool memory to go back to. to realize like one, the power of somebody like pushing you out of your comfort zone to do more because they believe you can do more, but that she also kind of met you where you were, helped you learn maybe in a different way um, and set you off. It sounds like, you know, still with a love for learning that maybe you yeah. wouldn't have developed. No, I remember her name. My first grade teacher, Miss Johnson. She, she's, you know, I, I, I mean, I don't know if many people remember the first grade teacher. I remember the feeling again, remember you'll, you'll remember the feelings and emotions of how, what represents in your life. And my grandmother um, always said, Lisa, get an education. And that's the best thing you could do. She wasn't able to. So I, I took grandma's advice and, and I was the straight A student, like over the top, over the cheaper. That was kind of my way of saying, look, look, grandma, look, world, I am something. I am worthy. And we all want to feel like we belong and matter. And that's what unicorn jazz is about. It, you know, some many of us have times where we feel unworthy. We don't matter. We don't belong. And that first story was, was so important for me with unicorn jazz. She moves to a new land in search of new friends. She feels she doesn't belong until she meets a friend named Wolf, who is a Wolf. crow. And I did that on purpose. Yeah, Wolf the Crow. He's proud uh -huh. of his name. It's weird. A dog should have it. I did all these. There's so many individuals we do on purpose with the art and the stories uh, subsequent to come. And so I, and so he says, look at you singing. He catches her singing. That's what's her talent. She has a music note for a tale we did on purpose. Um, music, as we know, uh, bridges um, education and learning. We see that with Sesame Street, with movies, with songs. And I knew that music was going to be part of our brand and our life. And so he says, look at your awesome voice. I wish I had a voice like yours. You should go show the others your voice. So she goes in the playground, sings to the animals, who's the horses who said she looks different because she has one one, they have two. The geckos who said she can't hide because she doesn't have chameleon talents. And, and they all look at her and notice her and say, she's awesome. She feels like she belongs. She's happy she has friends. So again, how many of us can, can draw from that kind of story? I feel like you built uh, the universe that you wish you had growing up. Totally. I, 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 if I would have had that foundation of that, we are unique, unique unicorn. That's why I did unicorn is that we're supposed to be, I wouldn't have been sad or beat myself up for like, why am I shy? Why am I not popular? You know what? Now looking back, I tell kids embrace who you are. And, and respect others. Look at the perspective. You know, if I didn't grow up do, being that way, being shy allowed me to be a good writer. My only voice was on paper. That's where I got my expression. It sounds like you didn't actually stay completely behind the scenes, though. Or, I mean, you, you got into marketing, you did broadcasting, um, you're the host of a show. So, you know, what was that journey like? How did you find your own inner spirit and, and give it a space in the world? Like, when did that yeah, start to take hold? Is that college? Is that after college? It was in college. And I always had my professors that believed in me. They recognized my writing. See, that was, and that's why I'm saying if, if you're talented singing, if it's music, if it's technology, you want to be the next greatest podcast host and, and you have this inner calling, master it. So I mastered the art of writing my whole life. I can write really fast and create stories really quickly. That's something most people don't know about me. And typically they're going to be uh, fairy tale stories. Um, and I can bring out the goodness in others. If I have a conversation, I, I love to, whether it's children or adults of any age, to listen to what they've done in life and to compliment that because everyone has something awesome about that. And we need people to give us those compliments more. 
And when I was um, in the job force at an early age, in my early 20s, I had a girl named Cindy, Cindy Kirkland, that saw my work talent and ethic that, you know, I learned every job. No one told me to, but I would go around saying, what do you do? Can you teach me what you do? And, and observe and, and be curious. Remember I said, be curious around the, about the, around the world around you. Be curious about be curious about the world around you. And so here I still shy. And so she, the, the company was going through transition. They had problems. And when she sat with me and asked me, what do you see about this company, you know, with the problems and what are the strengths? I sat with her for hours and told her everything I had observed all these years. And she tells me later, we're good friends to this day, by the way. She said, Lisa, no one else did that you just poured it out. And I said, well, because you asked me, you were curious and I gave you what I knew. She went back to the boss, um, Roger Miller, um, and said, do you know who you have working for you? And within, it seems like days, I rose to director of marketing at a young age. And, and she worked with my shyness and what I didn't know. That's, that's, a, that's a great leader. They work with your abilities, find your innate abilities, and they help you grow and transform. That woman was going to change my life forevermore. And to this day, when we talk, and by the way, we grew up and, and she's helped me and, and she's proud of me and, and she is older than me. And I give that back and pay it forward with the people I work with, whether it's interns, kids, I believe in them because this woman believed in me. And I feel like it's a personal obligation or, or we should have a personal responsibility to help others in and when you do that, that's what makes the world, the world go around because we're not going to live forever. How can we live forever in the strength and the goodness and, and the growth we can give other people? What was her name again? I want to. Cindy Kirkland. Cindy Kirkland. So Cindy. And she's not on social media, which I wish she was, but and she'll, when she listens to these stories that I give her and I'll share this podcast and, and, yeah. and I know she smiles ear to ear. She still so says what's awesome that, is that she essentially became a sponsor of yours and people are always like, how do you find a sponsor? But you know, you had, there was a, a moment that you stepped into, which is she came to you and asked you your opinion, but she like, she did that for everybody, but most people shy away from even, even if they have noticed things, they shy away from answering for fear of retribution of looking silly mm -hmm. or whatever it might be. You just were like, oh, do you want to know what I've been noticing? Let me share it. And so yeah. I think that's that was a moment that you shine because you gave yourself permission to do so. I also yeah. love what you were saying about how you went around and asked people what they did and could they teach you a little bit about it? So you weren't just staying in your very narrowly defined job description um, with your walls up. So it was, what's so interesting is there's sort of like dichotomy of the, the shyness that you both have you know, as a sense of self, like it's kind of a, how you saw yourself. And yet you also had this like yearning to learn and that yearning to learn pushed you outside of your comfort zone of being shy. Right. So, and, and then yeah. people notice you for it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's unicorn jazz. And for me, then I, I went and majored in social psychology because what did I like? I liked the communication skills that I wasn't taught at home. And many of us have, you know, you can't expect your parents to be a be all to you. We know that or a teacher. You can learn. We can learn. We can learn. So I went into um, social psychology. I wanted to understand the why, the perspective. And again, that's a life, life, personal development. I've done thousands and thousands of hours 
And when you make mistakes along the way, it's important to take responsibility, whether it's your relationships or people. And that's one of the things that I feel is really instrumental is it's easy to blame other people for a shortcoming, for a fall, for a failure. I have worked really hard to go, what was my responsibility in it? What, what, even if it's one thing, find one thing that you did participate that could have been better. Maybe you, someone didn't understand what you wanted more. Maybe you weren't gentle enough with your words. You know, maybe you weren't patient enough. I mean, the, the, the list can be endless. And I have found, and again, I'm 50 year old, 50 years old now. I wish I was my own mother telling myself that boy would that would have changed. Um, boy, would that have saved me, you know, time and pain that happened in life. And to this day, you know, if I'm, you know, obviously when you're in relationships with people that are close to you, whether it's work or personal, those are the lives you're going to touch more as well. So for me, I, I work really hard to improve that. I mean, nobody really wants to hurt other people. It's there's just misunderstandings or there's miscommunication. Yeah. I want to, I want to understand more about how you made this shift though, from, uh, you know, more corporate, you know, yeah. uh, defined role, paycheck kind of life to this very entrepreneur driven life, particularly because you didn't have growing up like that influence of entrepreneurship. Um, clearly, you're a great writer. And the fact that you just got these stories churning out of you, I think I think it's very evident that you're a good writer and you're a fast writer since you have 17 published books. So that's a good skill, but that doesn't mean you're automatically to become an entrepreneur, right? A lot, a lot of writers do that on the side of whatever day job they happen to have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When, when did you realize that it was going to be more than, than just the writing and that it was going to become mm-hmm. a brand, that it was going to be a multimedia yeah. brand? That's when did that great... start to happen for you? Well, when I, I moved to California now, it's been 20 years. I came here with nothing but like a hundred dollars in my pocket type story. Um, I came to California, which seems to be the land of, you know, doing things. And for me, I never wanted to be an actor, actress. That was not my, you know, like people think of that of Hollywood, California. Um, it, I started seeing like the amazing wealth and the houses and all these people that made it sometimes out of nothing. And, and it was really creating their own business, being an entrepreneur. Um, I connected early on when I moved here with some entrepreneur with entrepreneurial minds. And I would say I said one of the first companies that I partnered and and helped with my marketing skills was a, a mortgage and real estate company. I learned everything about it. I didn't know anything. I got my real estate license, learned, built a company, built a team. Um, and I used a lot of the things Cindy um, taught me early on in growing a company, and it it really rose to success very quickly. We were on radio. I wrote the radio ads. Again, this is before social media, and um, studying the ads, studying what got us 20 calls versus 100 calls, that kind of thing, which led to business. In 2009, when the recession happened, um, I didn't love that what I did. I It was great to have material possessions and all that. And I felt like God was setting me up for what's to come. And um, I struggled in my personal relationship. So I walked away pretty much from that business. And then I said, what is it that I'm good at that people were recognizing me for? And it was the marketing. They my, they just said, Lisa is the marketing queen. So I said, well, I'll start my own marketing company, right? Another entrepreneurial thing I could do. I started taking on all kinds of clients, attorneys, authors, Toyota dealership. I mean, it was all kinds. I never knew anything about their business. 
And it was actually better to not know because I was the consumer who maybe didn't know. And what, how are we going to convey the message whether now it's social media video? So I was, you know, coined as the, the brainchild and I would build the team that we needed and plan the budgets to help their company, you know, get better, you know, grow more that kind of thing. And um, after doing this for many times, constant networking, networking will get you out of your shyness shell and, um, and working incredible long hours. I mean, I, I, I saw that I helped this company, they had a formula and then they didn't need you anymore. And so you're constantly seeking the new client the new, and, and it, it could be exhausting. After doing this and seeing the formula, writing skip a step where I the, the many leaders said the common thing, like what's the meaning of life? Why it's to create, why it's to have vision. It, it, it really allowed me to believe in myself that I could do anything I want to do. Now, if I know I can be an entrepreneur, I know how to market by now, I know how to build teams, um, knowing that it takes time. I said, what can I do that's going to be bring happiness, meaning that's going to be creating, that's going to be a vision, that's going to be team building. It, it had to do with, it's going to, it was going to have to do with books and writing because when you create a book, it's your own IP, your own intellectual property and copyright. And I thought, okay, one day I'm going to pass on this earth as I ask people and skip a step, like, you know, one day you're going to pass on this earth. What do you want to be known for? And it was for me a way to go back to my childhood and create a children's book series to create a brand with video because I already knew what video could do. And um, it was going to be fun. Like you always hear, do what you love and you'll never have to work a day in your life. It was a no brainer to create a children's brand. Yeah. I mean, it, uh, it sounds like so simple in the rearview mirror, but it also probably was kind of this, you know, finding your way through, right? Like it, in the yeah. moment, you're just like, I'll try this, maybe a little of this. And I think your openness led you here. Um, I, I get the writing. I get the creating. How, what, what's the angle with children? Like, how well, did you know that was your audience? It, one, because it was, it, it was um, first of all, what I find with adults is sometimes adults get stuck in their ways, right? They don't change easy. I was coming across when I wrote Color Your Message, The Art of Digital Media, um, I'm showing up to you, but I know the audience um, listening can't see it, but color your message. Um, it was best selling on Amazon and it was just showing people in the book what marketing is, what you're going to need. And it's so overwhelming that it makes you not want to do your own marketing, which was the point. You're supposed to get a marketing, you know, expert. And so for me, it, it was um, for children, they're open, they're, they understand technology, they pick up quickly. Um, they're also young at heart. They're vulnerable. They have an innocence. Um, I, I, it, until I got into the schools and presented my stories in front of the whole entire school assembly style, you know, when a guest speaker comes in all day, I get to speak to the entire school, whether it's 300 kids, a thousand kids, what an honor that is. And to get them excited about um, imagination, literacy, reading, writing, the things that I love. And then beyond that, I'm opening their mind to doing what they love, which is the thing I do, the thing they do, because I'm not there to, to say they're all going to be a writer or do the things I've done. It's very hard. Do what you love and see it pour over into others. And uh, with children, it was just it just kind of happened easily. Um, I also feel that I get to be seven almost every day with wisdom. I get to play with puppets and and, and connect with kids and 
Um, my kids are grown now. I have a 30-year-old son who's a nurse, who, by the way, plays my puppet, Treziki, who's and he's super funny. And um, we got other kids that came to us since the pandemic, professional Broadway singers like Emily Isabel, Rich Frenin, all these long list of kids that are part of the show. So there's many moving pieces going on here. So, But for me, it was like, Early on, I saw there's Hello Kitty, there's Mickey Mouse, and there's Unicorn Jazz now. And, and we still are, we're, you know, we're not a global household name yet, but all those companies once started where I was. And that's what the companies I represented in marketing, they all were once there. So it's more than it's, it's believing in your dream and then making the action steps to make it happen, knowing that it takes time. Yeah, it is a combination of belief and action. I like that you ended with that because I think a lot of people... I've been told to visualize the end results, but that doesn't in itself get you there. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, you know how many people have told me I have a million dollar idea and I immediately say it's worth zero dollars. The execution and the action and the perseverance, that's going to be worth something over time. Right. Yeah. So um, this is a show about building strong networks and you have had a very interesting career um, in a lot of different sort of sectors and different marketplaces, different audiences that you've you know worked with. And I'm curious that, you know, as you were getting started, did you tap into that pre-existing network to help you make this shift? Or did you feel like you had to start almost it from was, the beginning? I, I had to start at the beginning of that. My network was business people. They weren't necessarily the moms identified or the educators. My sister, happened to be an early childhood teacher. I went back, thank, I always say, like my book, I see you choosing kindness, be kind to people your whole life. You never know down the road, whether it's decades later. I would go back to some of my best friends from an early age that became a principal, that knew someone who knew someone that welcomed me into their schools. So, um, you know, and a lot of people, we have children, you know, we, you know, they, whether they're grown or not. They, what I found is that people overall believe in the greater good of, of the future generation, which are children, which are the teens. People want to, if you ask for help, which we do, um, um, you know, huge give backs, some um, book donation drives for uh, local um, nonprofits like Children's Hospital, food banks, orphanages that, you know, we give books out where we ask other people, public kids donate their allowance. That's the, the side thing, the mission work of Unicorn Jazz, helping and, and give back which is a book called Help and Give Back that's coming out. I can't wait to, to share it with you when that goes live uh, this Christmas because what I have found is, especially since the pandemic and onwards, the opposite of, of being selfish is to give, help others. And for me, the pandemic did put me backwards in that I couldn't go into schools for the time being where that was my livelihood and, and, and lifeblood. Um, but what could I do was I could create a content video-based show, which I did. I could create yeah. more books to get ready for when things open up again more and more. And, um, and that was important to do. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to pull out a thread of what you just said there, which is that, you know, at first glance, it seemed like the existing network you had wasn't going to be helpful. But when you looked a little closer, you actually did know people who were in education and even yeah. in early education or in, or in uh, elementary school that, you know, you, you go there first, these people already know, like, and trust you and you sort of build from there. And I, I'm a big believer in that. Um, my new book coming out, uh, which 
when this is airing, uh, is coming out five days uh, from when this airs. So um, October 31st, it's called uh, Small List Big Results Successfully Launch a New Offer No Matter the Size of Your Email List. So it's it's all about waking up your network to what you do and then listening to what people need and, and serving them. I also yeah. um, want to give a shout out to a former guest, Bob Berg, who wrote The Go-Giver or co-wrote The Go-Giver. Um, cause everything you're talking about abundance and generosity and giving spirit. I mean, he, he, you know, really wrote a beautiful book about that. That has been such a inspiration to so many people. Um, I've been joining his weekly calls <laughs> in his community. Uh, so I've been thinking a lot about him. So this is, this is awesome. I'd love to know if you have any particular advice around sort of how do you nurture and sustain connections with not just your like most immediate circle of people, yeah. but that like second and third layers out the people that you see, you know, once a year at a conference or you worked with five years ago, but you don't really have a reason to see and work with right now. These are people who you like and they like you, do, you know, do you have any habits or philosophies or practices that help you sort of nurture and, and stay connected? I am grateful for social media because so people will follow me on a, see that I did a podcast, see it on LinkedIn or, or Instagram or Facebook. You, they may not call you and say, I saw it, but they'll tell me later, I've been following you this time. And, and that's why we post good content, you know, and um, social media allows for that, you know, um, you know, email marketing and there's text, you know, ways to stay in touch. I, it's impossible to stay in, in touch with everyone growing because I have a huge I mean and I just know it's going to get bigger and sometimes I'm like how like you said how am I supposed to stay in touch and let everyone know that they matter while well, you put that in your message thank you to everyone who's part of it they know who they are they know you're busy doing your you know your great work in the world and people want to see you grow they want to see that over time consistency over time when I did first start in the children's brand and people that knew me in the business side they probably thought like that's weird what is she doing now and, you know, I got pushback from people when I'm asking people uh, in the beginning of the pandemic to send in their pot, sock puppet video. And my sisters are like, we're doing this because we're your sister, but we don't get what you're doing yet. And you'll see what I'm doing. So consistency over time. If people are questioning your vision, which they're going to do, or there's naysayers, just keep going, you know, keep putting it together and people will see it come together. And it's so important to have vision it's so important to show what's ahead. And because I, I feel with my storytelling, I, I can show the vision to people. A lot of people were like, well, anything Lisa says, we're going to do because we know it's going to be big, like, but it's consistency over time. That's such a strong message. I'm actually curious how that consistency over time led to you being part of a Amazon TV Prime because that yeah. gives such a boost to your brand oh. visibility. So. The, well, you know, was that also a who you knew kind of story? Or? No, early on when I created the thing I do show, um, when I said, what can I do? I, I could put a show together. We started it on Facebook Live and YouTube Live, which is a platform many of us have access to, kind of like with podcasting, you have, we have access to platforms. And um, it was a lot of behind the scenes work. But for me, I was like, how can we bring happiness to children? You know, I'm not going into schools right now. What can I do? And behind the scenes, I'm using my voice and connecting with uh, kids on hashtag that would have otherwise been on Broadway plays auditioning. The parents said, you would never have access to my kid, Lisa, if it wasn't for the pandemic. And I said, I, okay, but we do. And they do have the time and talent and I'm going to showcase them and brand them. And as I started working with them, they just kept saying, I kept keeping them busy with their talents, you know, sending music video and connecting with the kids on FaceTime one-on-one. -on -one. 
the greatest thing. We all wanted to connect. We're meant to be connected with others. We're not meant to be isolated. And, and the pandemic kind of forced many of us to figure out how we belong in this world. And um, so that was my focus um, for the show. That's great. How did you get connected with Amazon though? Like the, like the opportunity. So early on, my vision was um, I, we're going to create a show after doing a few, seeing the hiccups, seeing what went right, what went wrong, you know, um, me having to be in front of a camera like this. I did not like it. I have no real audience. I like the um, real audience, like kids in front of me. And I had to learn. And that was really the hardest thing I did was once a week when I would go live, introduce my video content and the puppets and scenes that we would merge into the live show. Uh, afterwards, I was just like sweating and, and nobody knew because I had to have composure. But I remember just going, that was the hardest, one of the hardest things of my week. And then, but, you know, I have this mantra, you must do the thing you cannot do. Or if it's meant to be, it's up to me. Just kept doing it doing that thing I couldn't do. I thought I couldn't do, keep doing it. And after time, I got not nervous. Like I could go on a podcast of any size and I get pretty much zero nervous, which is amazing. I can go in front of audiences and be excited for what I'm, my gifts are instead of being nervous. Um, I, I, I voiced it and my vision was this can be on a network streaming like Amazon, Netflix. We got on Amazon by the end of last year, the first year of the pandemic. And um, is that something that you pitched? Is that because you? Um, I had a team. Or? I had a team that, that you can put your content on that helped me. And yeah. um, there's a lot of, of, of um, requirements that you have to meet to get on Amazon. But nonetheless, you know, people see that you're on TV. And again, it's, it's the persona that people are like, no, it's, yes, it's, you're it's impressive. No, it's, it's definitely a bona fide. Like, uh, it separates you from all the people who are doing lives. I mean, like, I think what people are doing consistently to put out great content, no matter what you're doing, whatever your platform is, it's amazing. But obviously getting an HBR article is going to set you apart from a blogger and getting an Amazon TV prime spot is going to set you aside from like the average, you know, Facebook yeah. live person. So it's it, but I think that a lot of people don't take that extra step. You know, they they keep putting out content live consistently. They're following everything you're saying, but there's something inside them that holds them back from deciding that they really will pursue more. So there's you a deep belief you bigger. have in what you're doing, what you're creating, what the, the service you're providing, that you put it on the line and you got the support you needed to get this pitched and and picked up. And now now you can get on a show and say. I have a show on Amazon TV. Prime. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, well, you curious. have to, you should dream bigger. And I think because I was championing my clients in the past when I represented them in marketing, I would help them dream bigger. They, they, and sometimes it was a gulf for me. Like I would ask them, what are some of their visions and dreams? Some were attainable, some weren't, but the ones that were attainable, like I want to connect with this race car driver to drive my car. Okay. Let me make some calls and keep calling. What's the worst people can say is no. But there, there will be a lot of yeses. And, and I will say one of the things I have seen is when you are in early stages of building your company, your brand, your idea, that's when you're going to actually receive the most help. That's when you want to be humble and ask for it. And I was very humble when, when I created my show. My, my, my brand early on looked really big because of, of my, I branded it. 
So when I would talk to people, I would say, I'm still in startup stage. This is where I'm at. Will you help me? Because I was like, I can't afford the prices that a big brand would, you know? You, you, you probably looked a lot more polished than the budget you had, right? Because you're oh, all for sure. experience. And that's, that's the funny. importance of branding. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, this is great. I, I think that in some ways, the, over time, because you're working for your clients, you were helping them try to get these impossible dreams met, you know, like the race car driver driving their car. And you built up this muscle memory around, why not? I'll just call. Why not? I'll just call. Like, it, like it was easy to build that up when it's not yours, right? It's a lot easier to make right. calls on behalf of someone else. The fact that you were then able to apply that to your own situation, right? That you didn't say, well, that's for other people, not me. But you were like, well, right. why not? Why not just try, you know, and, and that you will get yeses. And I love this piece you just said about you're going to get more help in the beginning than any other point. So humbly ask. So, I mean, it's all great stuff. I really appreciate you coming on here. Here's a question I always want to ask everyone. It's our last kind of wrap up question. But if we were meeting again a year from now, and you were telling me about this amazing year you just had, I want to know, what are we going to be celebrating a year from now? So what are you most looking forward to in the year ahead? Thank you. I would celebrate more licensing partnerships. Uh, we were just at a licensing uh, virtual expo a few weeks ago and, and uh, to license our characters, Unicorn Jazz, The Crow, Be Happy, Panda, all these characters. Um, and uh, so I'll have more licensing partnerships. Some are already coming through, so that'll happen. We, we just, before the show, um, talking with Kids B, uh TV, who's it's a big app with 150,000 users a month on their platform. We're, they're going to take our show and put it on there. Um, I a year from now we'll have um, uh, toys, uh, toy companies that are licensing um, our product. We'd love to have an animation series, and that's been in the works. So those would be, and I'll be going back into schools, school after school after school by 2022 and onward. And my live stream since a little girl was to travel the world. There's kids everywhere. I know as the pandemic lives, and it will, that my mission and calling will be to share all these tools and joy and happiness and learning kids everywhere in the world. I mean, what kind, for a girl that grew up with not a lot, who thought the odds were against her, you know, minority, to me, I cannot ask for anything greater on earth. It just, time has to happen. That's amazing. I can't wait to celebrate all that with you. Um, your story is very inspiring. Uh, I can't wait to just, I mean, I can't wait to celebrate all of this. And uh, my kids, as I mentioned to you prior to this, uh, they'll, this December will be four and six. So they are like prime, prime ages for all the content you're putting out. So they're, they're becoming big fans. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. Um, I don't think they're going to quite get how big it is that I got to talk to you. <laughs> um, <laughs> I so appreciate please, We We love unicorn jazz um, ambassadors and I love when kids grow up with it. They tell me like, I never will not get tired of hearing my kids saw this and, and going into the school, invite me to your school. If you're listening to this, especially as things lift, I do virtual author visits and I believe in no child being left behind, whether I sponsor it or we, we work with the school and PTAs and such. Yeah. How can people find you and follow your work? Thank you. It's simple. Go to unicornjazz.com. We're very reachable on all the social media, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. I'm Lisa Caprelli. You could go to lisacaprelli.com. Um, but I, I like to impress upon people. If you do have kids that are grown or maybe, um, you know, your grandparent, or maybe you've never had children, 
you know, um, there's schools and children everywhere. And, and if you care about the greater good of the future generations, which is upon us now, especially with the post-pandemic changes, I want to be one footprint for children and children and educators to see what uh, coming together and happiness and bridging leadership together, what like your, your show is about, can do to help other people. And I'm just the spokesperson for Unicorn Jazz. I come with an army of people that believe in the great work and I'm so grateful for everyone who has helped. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, Lisa, for being here. I'm really excited to share your message. Have a great day. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Lisa. Such a pleasure to speak with her and learn about her leadership journey. What is your key takeaway from our conversation? Something you'll put into action this week that you'll benefit from for years to come. Share what resonated with you in the show notes at ontheschmooze.com. Look for episode 255. That's also where you'll find all the links and resources from today's show, as well as all the archived episodes. Reach out and let me know which are your favorite interviews. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with that one friend you know would love to hear it. And don't forget to subscribe for free yourself so you don't miss next week's show. Are you a fan? That's awesome. I'd love to read your review in Apple Podcasts. It's easy to find our page at itunes.ontheschmooze.com. Thank you in advance and look forward to connecting again next week. We'll be interviewing another talent professional who's achieved success in their field or industry. I'll ask probing questions to get them to share untold stories about their leadership journey and how they built and sustained their professional network. Until then, have an amazing week. Thanks for listening to On the Schmooze podcast at www.ontheschmooze.com. That's On the Schmooze, S-C-H-M-O-O-Z-E. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.